Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. I'm looking at him right now, y'all. This is Mr. Decker. He's here with me. What's Hi. up, man? Uh, That's a bit awkward. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's getting cooler. We've had some college football this weekend. I'm just a little jazzed. I, I am too. I am too. It, it was really lovely yesterday, temperature-wise. It's supposed to be a little warmer the next few days, but fall is in the air. But you know my only problem with fall? What? I have one problem with fall. Okay, hit it me. Pumpkin spice. I know that I just offended like 27% of our okay. listeners. Well, that you offended two people, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. I. I Beyond get it. that, I fall get it. is my favorite season. I get it. I did have some pumpkin pie ice cream though. That was pumpkin really pie nice. is fine. It's okay. the pumpkin it's spice. spice. I get it. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You're like a fall grouch, man. Mr. Grinch. I mean, I am Mr. Grinch. Yeah. When it comes to the pumpkin spice, football, hunting, cooler weather, s'mores, the whole nine yards. I love all of it. Pumpkin spice. Leave that at home. I, okay. I censored well, myself there. Sure, the good people at Starbucks words. will be calling us yeah they will so, well we don't want them as a sponsor anyway uh, we could use it yeah we could we could use it <laughs> hey man i am really excited about our show today um aren't you i am of course you are okay so um today we are not joined by you know just one guest we have three guests three guests on the show uh we have i'm gonna I, she just told me how to pronounce it veavia rudd did I I totally missed it again, didn't I, Miss Rudd? It's okay. Nobody okay. that's why everyone just calls me V. It's because no one can say Vayava. Vayava. Dang it. I had it there. It's like um, lava with an extra va. Vava. That's okay. what my dad used to say. It's like Ava Maria. Oh. Of course, he couldn't have named me that. Vayava. He named me Vayava. Beautiful. Vayava Rudd, she is the director of the Manage Assigned Council's office in Amarillo. I know there's a big long name for her office and we're going to get into that um, and what exactly her role is she's joined today by ethan collie and brianna gomez gomez this is not hard i thought it was an a g-a-m-e-z gomez 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 gomez, gomez. great okay so uh, who are fellows in that office so we are going to be talking about an entirely new subject which is a a government defender's office a public defender's office that has a fellowship program uh within their office which i think is just a really cool idea yeah no so it's I, I, yeah it's really interesting so let's start with uh how about the three of you introduce yourself um and how you got into criminal law we'll start with v uh and then and then let the fellows introduce themselves well i um went to law school i graduated from law school in 96 and i in law school, never had any intention whatsoever of dirtying my hands with ever stepping foot into a courtroom or criminal law or family law or anything yucky like that. Um, but then life and the first law firm that I went to work for, we did everything. And my boss had gone through a nasty divorce. And so he dumped all the family law on me and he was the city attorney. Um, so he got to go to all the commission meetings and get his name in the paper. And I got stuck prosecuting a municipal court. And I discovered that I love being in a courtroom. And so then I left that firm because it scared the bejesus out of me even <laughs> thinking about doing all areas of law because I don't believe it's possible to be competent in 20 different areas of law and just uh, narrowed it down to family and criminal. And that's what I've been doing since 99. 
All right. Wow. Wonderful. Yeah, I think it's funny how like circuitous some of our routes to criminal law can can get. But I agree with you. I think I think specialization is really the only way to truly serve our clients. All right. It also look- makes it easy to go. I don't do that kind of law. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Ethan, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to uh, to Potter County. So actually, I was born and raised in Amarillo. So it was really exciting when this all started up and I got an opportunity to come home. But I actually uh, and I just I just graduated from law school. So I'm still waiting for my bar results. But in law school, I was a part of a criminal defense clinic there. And I just I got to have my own clients and got to learn from the uh, supervisors there. And I just knew that this is what I wanted to do. So excellent. definitely so very excited so to which, be back home. Which law school? Uh, Texas Tech. Nice. Guns up, sun's up. Mm-hmm. So he's, a, he's a smart one. Um, yeah, that's kind of the same with me. I thought I wanted to be a real estate attorney. And then I had a I had a criminal. It was a prosecution clinic, but it was a criminal clinic at my law school and completely changed my mind um okay brianna introduce yourself and tell us how you got here um i graduated law school in 2019 and i actually went into administrative law and was an an administrative law judge for two years one year for um texas for the texas workforce commission and then one year for arizona for the arizona department of economic security which just includes uh, holding hearings um, for people who are trying to get unemployment benefits, um, just seeing if they're, you know, following the procedures that need to be followed in order to be entitled to those benefits. And as exciting as that sounds, uh, (laughs) I at some point realized, you know, it just, I needed a change. I wanted to feel a little bit more passionate about the work that I was doing. And um, my friend, my best friend who works up here, actually recommended this position to me because of the reputation of both Veava and um, the public defender, the director of the public defender's office. So that's how I ended up in uh, criminal defense. Very cool. So you basically graduated law school and became a judge. And that's what they call it. They call it an administrative law judge. I I like to call it, uh, you know, just fancy government customer service. But it it was interesting. It was very niche. And uh, I I really appreciated the experience. It definitely showed me something that I didn't want to do forever. So now I'm here. All right. Right on. All right. Do you force your coworkers to call you judge? Yes. Good. 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 I would too. I absolutely would. <laughs> you actually make me call you judge and you're not one. Exactly. Ever or ever been one. Yes, that's true. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, guys. So um, thank you very much uh, for those intros. Um, Veava, why don't you just go ahead, like, let us know a little bit about, like, the public defender's office there uh, in Amarillo, because I know it, imp- it it encompasses more than just Potter County. It, it is kind of the area PD's office, correct? Yes and no. Um, So it is the Potter and Armstrong public defender um, and managed assigned council office. But Armstrong County is um, it's Claude. It's like, I don't know, 2000 people. Um, They have uh, literally a handful of felonies a year. Um, So, yes, we are a regional public defender's office and we our intention is to encompass the Panhandle area. But as of 
today it's Potter and Armstrong County. So it's pretty much just Potter County. <laughs> right. Yeah. Although I went to Armstrong County today to Claude and talked to their county commissioners and it was super interesting and, you know, they're wonderful people over there, but just not a lot, a lot of cases over there. Yeah. Just because of the population base, just not, not as, not that many people. Okay. No, that really the very, I think he told me today, like one in 10 of their cases are actually local crimes. They also, 287 runs through Claude. So they get a lot of highway crime, but right. very, very little local crime. And um, just for the, the PD's office in general, um, are, is it just uh, felonies or both felonies and misdemeanors? It's, and rough- it's just felonies. Okay. Um, and basically we did, excuse me. Bless you. They, they did a sixth amendment survey and basically came in and said, you know, the public defense, indigent defense in, in Potter County is crap. Um, but mostly it's, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons, but mostly it's just mathematically. Um, we have more cases in Potter and Randall County, which Amarillo is split down the middle with Potter and Randall County, Hmm. but we, we have more cases than what we can mathematically divide amongst all of the attorneys on the court appointment list. Um, and, and stay within guidelines. It's just not mathematically possible right now. We have like 3000 pending felonies and there are 12 people on our court appointment list that handle first and second degree felonies. We have 57 pending murders and 53 pending ag assault, uh, ag sex assault cases. Um, and there's 12 people. Is so, that the, is that because, and this is, this is a practical question um, because some of, some of the rural counties in this area, you know, when, when you get a little bit West of the Metroplex, you don't have to get very far out. And the Metroplex attorneys say, we don't want to have to drive an hour and a half for a setting, you know, or deal with that court or whatever. Absolutely. Um, so there's, but then you'll only have a few that are willing to be appointed, but you'll have more who are willing to be hired. So is it, is it a, overall attorney population or is it a willing to be appointed population yeah both but mostly just an overall attorney population we just do not have very many criminal or family attorneys for that matter um you know we we've we've had a great we have a great criminal defense bar but um well wednesday we have a funeral of somebody else in the last five years we've probably had 10 people who were on the first and second degree list who either died, retired, moved away, um, quit practicing law for whatever reason. And, right. and if you're younger and trying to start a business, you look at it and you go, can I make enough money in places like Amarillo, Borger, Canyon, um, and decide, no, I can make a whole lot more money in Lubbock, or more realistically, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, Houston, El Paso. Yeah, actually, it's funny because the reason I'm practicing in Amarillo is because when I graduated from law school, I looked at the numbers and there were twice as many lawyers in Lubbock as in Amarillo. So I came to Amarillo. Right. Um, People graduate from law school and just stay there. Um, But unless you're from here, not very many people just go, hmm, I want to move to Amarillo. So that's kind of why we created the public defender's office. I'm going to be gunning for your job. I love the panhandle. I, um, I love the panhandle and I'm, I'm here on purpose, raised my kids here, but um, 
that so we have we created the public defender's office just to have people that are working for the government and you know more more attorneys um that are better qualified and all of that but then that's why we created the fellowship program with the managed assigned council office is to recruit people to move to Amarillo and stay here and open offices here and put down roots here. And um, we just to increase the numbers of criminal defense lawyers in the area. Okay. So, so you just mentioned the managed assigned count uh, or cases. Tell us a little bit about what that is and what that means. Explain it because that's not a common, that's a fairly, fairly new thing. So explain that to our listeners. Okay. So the managed assigned council office, basically, For most of Texas, um, for most of the last, I don't know, forever, um, when you could not afford an attorney, the court appointed an attorney to represent you. And um, they created managed assigned council cases, council offices. I believe Lubbock was the first one. And I think they opened in 2013, 2014. and they are actually a wholly owned subsidiary of the Lubbock Criminal Defense Lawyers Association. Um, but they basically it removes the judiciary from being involved in the defense because, well, you know, if you file too many motions to suppress, that judge may quit appointing you or he may not pay you for the work that you do because he doesn't really want to do that kind of work. Or if you need a blood spatter expert, you have to go and tell the judge what kind of expert you want and why you want him and why you need him and what your theory of the case is. So there's lots of reasons why having the judge involved in the court appointment system and specifically paying the court appointed lawyers um, is an issue in the managed assigned counsel um, offices basically are an independent agency that that and it, and it's good for for it's good for the defense attorneys but it's also good for the system because there's also more accountability part of my job is actually managing those court appointed attorneys which is a lot like herding cats um but you know i make sure that they do have their cle which part of that is i provide cle at our panhandle criminal defense lawyer meetings every month i'm I'm bringing in the CLE and coordinating it for at least the next two years. Um, Just making sure that there is good CLE available, that there are good resources available, that um, we have mental health caseworkers that, you know, help with clients that have mental health needs. We have um, just resources like drug rehabs, um, just a list of them and contacts within all of them. I mean, I know I have spent weeks of my career trying to find a drug rehab so that somebody could get probation that, um, you know, would do dual diagnosis or would take sex offenders or would take somebody with an assaultive case. Or, I mean, there's so many niche things like that, that it's impossible. And it's not really your job as a defense lawyer to do that yeah. work, but it needs to be done in order to, you know, re- zealously advocate for your client. So our office kind of brings all of those resources together so that everyone on the court appointment list has access to all of those resources with a phone call instead of having, instead of having 50 people doing the same work in 50 different offices, we can do it once and be a, a resource for everyone who needs those resources. 
And I'm sure that your judges appreciate kind of being taken out of that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It saves them time, energy, their staff's time. So, you know, their budgets aren't really affected by this. I mean, I, uh, that that's, uh, and I, I didn't really, I didn't, I guess, understand that a, a managed assigned council office would handle requests for, you know, a private investigator or um, labs or retesting or anything like anything along those lines. I, I that's uh that's actually a new, that's a new uh, idea to me. I thought it was just yeah. more of like facilitating better communication and contact between attorneys and appointed clients and making sure that they're actually going to the jail to visit their, uh, their clients and stuff like that. But wait, it, we're it, supposed it, to, we're, we're supposed to go to the jail to see our clients. Yeah. I mean, oh. Yes. Dang it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But it, it is all of those things and more. I mean, for, for one thing, like in Amarillo, um, because we have all these packing houses up here, we have like 59 ling. I actually, I think Amarillo ISD has like 120 different language, unique languages spoken. Um, but we have like 59 that are regularly needed, need interpreters for court. We have oh. people from Burma, from the Congo, from the Sudan, Ethiopia, Somalia. I mean, you name it, a, you know, rat yeah. third world country in the world. They've got refugees here working at the packing plants and we have to come up with interpreters. And again, as defense lawyers, Okay, great. I have this new client. He speaks Burmese. Well, actually, he speaks Karen, which is a dialect of Burmese. Ooh. How do I come up with that? And because we do have, I mean, we, we've we compiled a list of all of the interpreters that any court in the panhandle has used um, in the last two or three years. And they can just call us and we can say, yeah, we have a Karen speaker or a Congolese speaker, um, which saves people time. Yeah, yeah, uh, no joke. And and allows lawyers to do the law part of being a lawyer. You know, and that's that's like one of the we're Andrew and I, Decker and I are both members of the Tarrant County Criminal Defense Lawyers Association. Probably every other email that gets sent out is, "Hey, do we have an interpreter for you know Vietnamese or Thai or, or an whatever. expert for yeah, you know, blood splatter or something?" You know, I mean, having and ultimately that's kind of the the defense bar putting that together and keeping it you know, kind of alive, but here you have an office that's doing that. Um, yeah. One central location to give you all those answers. I mean, imagine how much time that would save. I mean, that that's, that's incredible. And we have our, our mental health caseworkers are also fabulous because as you well know, so much of the criminal justice system in general um, is just overrun with people with mental health conditions and yeah. that, Criminal justice system is not the place that they need to be dealt with, but it is. Right. And so we have caseworkers who, when there's a, a 1622 done at the jail, we get notified. They contact them. They make sure that they have an, that they have meds if they need meds. And then they follow through when they get out of jail. Do you have an appointment with the local mental health authority to get a refill on your meds? Do you have housing? Can we help you get you know, all of those things where people just... You know, they, they go to jail, they get leveled out on their meds, they're doing good, and the jail says, okay, you're out on a PR bond, you're, you know, go away, and they just go back out on the streets and, you know, get off their meds and become a bigger problem. Right, and they're and, picked up you know, again. And 
I, I don't know about the panhandle, but I'm assuming it's very much the same. You know, it used to be Harith and I did a, a long time ago, did a, a podcast uh, titled, can I get me some more of that 1244A? Because yeah. that was the question. That was the question every time. Right now, the Wait, Vogue... I'm entitled to one, aren't I? Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. But right now, the question, the Vogue thing to bring up first time I meet with someone is, Mr. Decker, I'm MHMR. Okay. But did you know what you were doing when you stole the stuff out of Walmart? Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 having someone else be able to deal with their MHMR issue, which is probably real, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Allows me to then worry about their legal question is what you're and, and it's exactly what you're saying, but it's kind of the, right now I feel like that's the Vogue thing to bring, you know, it's obviously what's circling around at least in the uh, back uh, of the holdovers where I'm, where I work. But it's so nice to not deal with like COVID questions now, you know, like, Oh, I got COVID. Do I have to come to court? You know? Um, yeah. So we had that for a couple of years. So, um, all right. Well, uh, Viava, why don't we get into this fellowship program? I, you know, we got the initial email from Jason Howell, who's, I guess the ex- executive director of the PD and MAC office, right? No, he's the, he's the chief public defender and gotcha. I'm the director of the Mac. office. Okay. So, He's a chief public defender and you got, and okay, understood. Um, and he, he reached out to us. So all of our listeners that, that really want us to talk about a certain topic, he reached out to us like late last week and we we're like, Hey, we, why not? Let's see if we can get this recorded. Um, and so very within short order, we, you know, we're now talking with you guys. Um, but he mentioned the fellowship program, which I got to say is a very cool idea. Tell us about that. Well, I, this is the thing that I'm most proud and excited about, because as as you all experienced, nobody teaches you how to be a lawyer in law school. Exactly um, right. And they just kind of and, and there are some people that just graduate and hang their shingle, which just is so scary. Yep. Um, but so, yeah, I went to work at a law firm, but I, it was still scary. And because I'm old, um, I was before the Fair Defense Act. And literally my very, very, very first court appointed case, the first month I got my license was a first degree felony. Woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's trial by fire um, right there. Yeah, absolutely. Which I actually um, filed a motion to have her psyched and she was found um, to, um, she was found to be insane. Oh, wow. She did not know or incompetent. I mean, she did not understand at the time that what she, that the facts yeah. were what they, what they were. Um, so, but I, I had no idea how to do it. I just literally got out the, the form books and started researching and filing stuff. Um, and then I practiced for six years and finally decided I had enough experience as a lawyer to ha- open my own practice. And I opened my own practice. Well, nobody had ever told me how to run a business. Yeah. So I remember vividly, I opened my office March 1st and about April 1st, Eric Coates, who I was officing with walked in and he said, Hey, you, you know, to file your quarterlies. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you got to file your quarterly estimated taxes. And I'm like, but I've only been open a month. I don't, I haven't made any money. And he's like, you have to estimate what you're going to make and then pay that. I was like, but, but, uh, uh, it's, which I figured it out. Um, but 
nobody teaches you how to run a, run a business or be a lawyer. Certainly, and so that is yeah. the whole point of our fellowship program is to give take about two years, which most DA's offices, county attorney's offices, public defender's offices, they are kind of a training program, but it is trial by fire. Um, there's no official formal training process. Right. And our fellowship program is designed to actually, you know, in the first month or two, we just kind of teach them how the system works. And then they get, you know, one misdemeanor case that we walk them all the way through. And then they get, you know, five misdemeanor cases. And then by the end of the first six months, they'll be handling a full misdemeanor caseload so that then they can start doing felony cases. And again, Mm -hmm. take sit second chair on some felony cases all along get that experience so that when they take their first felony case, they actually know what they're doing. And, and we will start them out with one or two felony cases and move them up into a full felony caseload. And then we'll teach them, you know, law practice management stuff that when you're a new lawyer trying to make a living, you don't, I mean, the, the bar actually has fabulous resources for law practice management, but who has time to go to, that many CLEs and read all of those law practice management books when you're trying to make a living and handle a full caseload. Right. So we try and ease people into that so that at the end of two years, at the end of our fellowship period, and it doesn't have to be two years. It can, if in 18 months they're like, I'm ready to go, then they can go. And if at the end of two years, they're like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. We would probably give them a little more time as well. But the goal is after two years that they would be ready to open their own office for one thing, like we will, I'm going to go ahead and have my fellowship attorneys do their fee vouchers, just like they were on the court appointment list. So that at the end of that second year, they can go back and look, Oh, well, you know, I billed $200,000 last year. If I can, yeah, if I can do that, I can actually, you know, pay my overhead and, or not. I mean, but they'll know the answer to that question, how much work they're going to have to do in order to pay their overhead and, and run an office and, and successfully support themselves as a yeah. criminal defense lawyer. Versus just guessing in the dark. Yeah. You know, a lot of the defense attorneys I know um, started out as prosecutors and that's great experience for like trial prep case, you know, case prep, all that. Uh, but it does absolutely nothing for teaching you you know, how to run a business or or how to be a defense attorney with your own firm. And I, I love that, you know, you're making your fellows submit those vouchers so they can actually see some hard numbers. And it kind of hopefully would remove some of the fear on, you know, I can, I can actually do this. I can make this work. I mean, when I came out as a, you know, as a new defense attorney after a D, you know, my stint at the DA's office, I, didn't know anything. I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know that I, you know, if I could afford uh, an office manager, I didn't know any of that stuff. So I still don't know how to run a business. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really hard, right? Cause we're, you know, we're lawyers, we're not business runners. I mean, owners, but I mean, we are, and we're expected to do that, but you know, it's, I just don't have that business mindset. Right. Um, right. I'm not trained, uh, you know, we've never had any. Well, let's, let, let's ask the people who are doing this. Yeah. What, how, what they're, what you a day in their- shut up. Right. Yeah. Um, what a day in life is like. So, uh, uh, Miss Gomez, Mr. Collie, tell us what a day what what a day in your life is like as a as a fellow. 
So uh, right now, I mean, I'm brand new. I've only been here for a month. So it's mostly just, uh, I'm just observing a lot right now, like trying to be a sponge pretty much. I mean, I've gotten to sit for a few trials with some of the coworkers in the PD's office and then just going to dockets and meeting judges and just trying to get to know everybody in the community. And then, I mean, a lot of, a lot of my coworkers and, you know, V and Jason, they're pretty well connected in this County. So right now that's pretty much all I'm doing. And it's, but it's really fun to like meet everybody and just to see how, you know, everything goes around here in this County. But so far it's just observing and just trying to learn everything I can right now. Yeah. You cannot put enough uh, credit into being introduced to the judges and to your fellow defense bar and even to the prosecutors. Uh, I was on the phone earlier today with another attorney who is dealing with a prosecutor. They don't know in a County they're a little unfamiliar with and, and they're, I don't know that they're getting homeschooled, but they're getting frustrated and part yeah. of it is they just don't know the personality. So that is incredibly important, that sponge time um, of watching. And, and if you've been able to sit in trials and, and hopefully getting in some of that experience, that is invaluable. Good for you. Yeah, yes. agreed. Judge Gomez. <laughs> um, I haven't been here for that much longer than Ethan, but um, and, and so for what he says is true, uh, just a lot of observing and things like that something in particular that i have been doing and have taken a great interest in is actually going to the specialty courts um and trying to become a part of those at some points when i'm felony qualified so for instance uh going to uh, the veterans court which is run in this county um also the mental health court and um i, I think i've been to or also been to drug court on an occasion as well observing in those as well um just some alternatives to you know the traditional system that you know we find ourselves in as criminal defense attorneys um since i've been here a little bit longer i've been i'm i've had getting the opportunity to sit second chair with um attorneys as well um i think on an upcoming an upcoming felony or no, on a misdemeanor, excuse me. And then, um, it's a, and, and, and I'll be honest with this, it's a lot of reading and research right now as well. So I, I got away from that at the end of law school. And, and now we're sort of back into just, you know, learning it, me really, I can't even speak for Ethan because he had the, um, the experience in his 3 year, getting back into the nitty gritty of uh, criminal procedure. So, yeah. uh, just a lot of observing, researching, um, and a little bit of writing right now. Yeah. One of the, I think uh, from our experience as, uh, hosting this show, one of the best pieces of advice that keeps coming up for both of us is just be as familiar as possible with chapter 42, a of the code <laughs> yes. of criminal procedure. Shout out Michelle Ochoa. Exactly. Uh, another public defender. Yeah. And, and it will never, you will never waste your time reading through that chapter. It's so convoluted, but it's so useful. Um, but that, you know, I, I can remember my first six months as a prosecutor, it was just kind of like, uh, how, how do I, you know, prosecute a DWI? This is crazy to me. I, it's so much more difficult than what the TV shows uh, portray it <laughs> yes. as, you know? So, so I, I think we sent you the question, where do you want to be in five years? Let, let's, let's break that down to where do you want to be, uh, Ethan and Brianna, where do you want to be in two years? Do you see yourself? Uh, trying to move into public defender work, or do you see yourself open your own office? Where do you, and, and, and V, you might close your ears. Uh, where do you hope to be in two years? 
Um, so my goal is to be out before the two years is over to try and I guess, hang up, you know, hang my own shingle. Um, but the more time that I spend in this office, since we work in such proximity with our mentors, the, the public defenders, um, it's also an option if, you know, if I would interview and be hired to become a public defender as well. And it, something I really love about this office is that it's, it's opening up a lot more doors than I initially realized within, you know, the first couple of months of being here. So again, the answer to your question, I'd like to be out on my own in less than two years and sort of starting to see, you know, getting my feet wet and running my own firm, you know, learning my, from my mistakes early, but, you know, there, there are a lot of opportunities that are coming over the horizon and uh, thanks to V and the work that she does. Yeah. And I, I love the way that V put that, like, Hey, if you feel like you're done before that two years, great. If you want to stay longer, we could probably work something out. You know, mo most offices that I've experienced, um, of course, it's been on the prosecution side and they're just a little different, but they, you know, they have a three-year commitment and, you know, darn you, if you're going to try and leave before that, um, they'll, you know, your name will be mud uh, from that. So I, I love the flexibility that this program is, you know, offering. Yeah. So Ethan. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't know a hundred percent what I want to do, but I mean, I really do love how I've only been here for a month and we're already pretty close as an office. So, you know, in two years from now, if keeps going the way it is, it would definitely be pretty hard to leave my mentor and Brianna and V. I mean, they're really great, but I mean, I've, uh, you know, I grew up here and I, I know some other attorneys here. So whether it would be, you know, getting hired as a public defender or officing with a more experienced, like, you know, very experienced uh, criminal defense attorney in this County, uh, I'd, I'd probably like to do that too. So really I'm just kind of keeping my options open and just trying to enjoy the experience right now working for the fellowship position. So. Cool. Good. Uh, v, one thing that um, I think I skipped over that I wanted to address just, you know, what's the selection process like when, um, you know, do you guys throughout the year accept applications for this? What um, if people are interested in this, you know, what should they expect? Well, we do accept applicants. I mean, which first of all, we we this is a these are two the PD and the MAC are both brand new departments. We got hired. Jason started mid March. I started mid April, um, just because he, Jason was a, a assistant DA, so he could give two weeks notice, and I needed a little more time to shut down a. 20 year practice. Right. Um, I, I'm still in the process of, I mean, I think I have five more cases um, to finish up. And they will take forever, could, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were a lot of cases that I was just like, here, go away, go find another lawyer. But there are some cases that you get invested in. For sure. Yeah. And I was very blessed by my board who understood um, that. You, know, you want somebody who's passionate about their job and somebody who can shut down a 20 year practice in two weeks is probably not somebody that you want. Um, no. So anyway, I was very blessed that they, they told me that I could finish do, do what I need to do. And so I have been doing that, but um, so yeah, I just started in April. We hired, we started interviewing June 1st. We had, we have three positions for this budget year, which ends October 1st, Ethan and Brianna are my only ones. We've interviewed for a few other people, but they, it just wasn't a good fit. Um, 
but we will have two two more positions. So we'll have a total of five um, fellowship attorneys that we will be hiring. I'm actually going down on Thursday to do on-campus interviews at Tech. Um, but I would I I would prefer honestly for it to kind of spread out a little bit. I anticipate most of the people who graduated in last year's class or in Ethan's class um, already have jobs or, or, you know, honing in on those jobs. Right. Um, so we may be doing more hiring, you know, next spring, which is great because I would, I, I believe this position is something that requires a lot of personal investment in these people's lives. Yeah. And it's not something that it's not like it's a class where we're going to start here and and move through for a two year period and then start over. It's going to be kind of a continuous thing. And we are very blessed because we do have the PD and the Mac together. Um, and just because of the way our building is, we had giant offices, but not very many of them. So we actually have a fellowship attorney and an assistant PD sharing offices. So for every office, there's one of each in there. So it kind of creates an organic felt mentorship system. I mean, you're in the office, yeah. you're hearing what they're doing, you're seeing what they're doing. Um, so it, it just kind of flows. So basically I have three open positions that I will be hiring as appropriate candidates fill in and, what makes someone an appropriate candidate for me is a, a passion for criminal defense and B some connection or desire to stay in the Texas panhandle. I'd rather these positions not be filled than it be something where somebody is just, you know, they, they grew up on Galveston Island and can't imagine their life away from the beach. Um, they're probably not going to want to stay in Amarillo and open a practice and, and be right. here for the next 30 years. And that's hey. really what I'm looking for, which I understand. And I'm not expecting a lifetime commitment um, to Amarillo, but I need somebody who has some reason to have the possibility of a lifetime commitment to Amarillo. Well, to give back to the local community and the, and the local legal communities, especially, I mean, I, right. you know, that, I think that's, a but great they, they could put a house on Lake McKenzie or Lake Meredith for way less than they could put a house on Galveston Island. And, and, you know, that is, that's one of those things too, even for local people is, you know, you grow up here and, and you hear the salaries that people are making in the, you know, in the Austin area or in Dallas or Houston or whatever. And you think, wow, if I can make that kind of money, I'd be rich. And then you find out that the cost of living down there is literally twice what it is here. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah that's when I was a new baby lawyer, I worked for DPS for about six months and it was the best job ever. Literally I was an ALR attorney and it was the best job you could ever have. Um, <laughs> but I made less than a first year trooper. Yeah. And the only opportunity for advancement would be to um, get transferred to Austin. And I would get about a $10,000 pay raise and about a $30,000 cost of living increase. So I had to find another job, but that's we do have a very low cost of living right. up here and and it's nice it's a very different pace that's sure. i i i commute um 75 miles one way every day and people around here just go oh my god that's terrible that's awful how can you do that I'm like it's an hour right because <laughs> yeah. it's solid highway and I'm like, there's people all over the state of Texas that commute longer than an hour and they live 20 miles from 
where they're going. So again, I, I, I've told you, I, I lived in the panhandle as a kid. My dad was United Methodist minister. Um, and we would have people that would drive 50 miles to church. It was the closest United Methodist church to their, to their ranch or farm. So Absolutely. I get it. 75 miles in the panhandle is nothing. That's, that's not a problem. So, all right. Um, so if they want to apply, I'm assuming they go to your website. Yes. Our website is PA like Potter Armstrong, PD like public defender, Mac, MAC.org. So PAPDMAC.org. And you can see the Santa Fe building on the front page of that. I've seen it. I've looked, I've looked at the PAPDMAC.org yes. website. I'm we'll very proud our of our website. Yeah. Which, and we're still building it, um, of course, but um, yeah, we, Wonderful. they can, they can go to our website and uh, w- which we have jobs posting on, you know, of course, Potter County. And I think it's pottercounty.gov. We'll put that on the uh, yeah, show yeah. notes as well. We'll, right. we'll make sure it's linked. But so, yeah, just the, the Potter County website has the the job description and all of that important equal opportunity employment information. Of course. Perfect. All right. So we ask everybody uh, three fun questions at the end, partly because we're not just attorneys. We're actually humans, or at least we play some humans on Sometimes, TV. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to throw it out to each one of you. Uh for all three of you, the first question is, what is your favorite band or musical artist? <laughs> Dead silence. Yep. We don't um, like music. I'm sorry? We don't like music. You know, uh, I, I don't enjoy anything because I am an attorney. So really, I just sit <laughs> in silence when I get home and uh, sort of wonder what uh, thing I'm going to be able to concentrate uh, negatively on for the rest of the weekend. And then I start over on Monday. So no music for me. Um, recently, I have been listening to an artist called Wax Taylor. It's a little bit alternative, a little bit electronic. It makes me feel I'm getting older. So it makes me feel young. It's interesting music, I think. Um, but uh, that's probably what I would say right now do i do the book cool. now as well no, sure. no we'll get there let we'll, us ask, okay. we ask the questions here <laughs> 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 um my i was just telling a friend this weekend that's my least favorite question i can't even pick a favorite genre of music let alone a favorite artist but last week i went to see corn and evanescence which was awesome whoa but on my Spotify, I'm listening to Tyler Childers a whole lot lately. So, right on. Yeah, it, I'm. I can't even begin to pick favorite, but that's what I'm listening to right now. That works. Yeah, wonderful. that works. All right, All right Ethan. Ethan. So, I mean, I'm kind of just like V. I don't. I I listen to every genre, so it's really hard. Like, it just kind of depends on your mood, like what artist or band you're into. But I definitely would say right now. I'm listening to a lot of Greta Van Fleet. I don't know if it, how many people know who that is, but they're like a newer rock band. They're really cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. So I have a de- my undergraduate degree is in music, and Harith will tell you that he'll make a comment. And I'm like, oh, that's that's actually out of a song, or there's a song about that, and it drives him nuts because he's like, I've never heard of the song, and I'm like, I couldn't tell you where it comes from, but I can sing the song to you. So I get it. One single genre is not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly. he's also right that it's just nothing but insanity over here in our office. Yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> so, Ethan, we'll we'll keep the mic there. What about your favorite book or maybe just one you're reading right now? So, 
I this is kind of lame, but my favorite book still is a book I read like sophomore year of high school. I love East of Eden. I don't know why, cool. but I love that book a lot. So that's still it's my not favorite. lame. It is not lame. No, it's a good choice. Yeah. V, you got a book? Um, my favorite book of all time, believe it or not, is Gone with the Wind, not the movie, the book. Wonderful. Um, and uh, but again, I'm kind of the same way. I which law school ruined me for pleasure reading. I used yes. to read every night before bed, and just can't do that now. But I do drive a lot, so I I audio book. Me too. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Great. And Brianna. Brianna. I think my favorite book would have to be um, Fountainhead by like, Ayn Rand. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a good one. It's a classic, uh, entertaining as it is eye-opening in a lot of respects. So, um, yeah, that's my answer. Okay. You said Fountainhead? Yes. All right. Cool. Andy and I both looked at each other like we haven't heard of it. So that's always good. We always like finding new things. All right. So we're going to come back to you. Best piece of advice, personal or professional? Oh, um, I think the best, I think it's it sort of applies both just from both of my parents, you know, being, especially in this line of work and learning to be a criminal defense attorney, just learn to take um, criticism, learn to, you know, just in that, you know, improve from what other people do well and what you don't necessarily do well. Um, and then voicing their opinions about it. I mean, just take it all as a learning opportunity. So my, my parents were really big proponents of that. Just, you know, constructive criticism, um, take it, run with it and always just improve yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Don't let your ego get in the way. Yeah. Always yes. be open to that kind of stuff. That's great. V. So I, I wrote down actually to my best personal advice. This came from my grandmother, who was the vainest woman in America. And she said, if you're going to lie about your age, lie old, because it's much better for them to say, you know, she's 40 and she doesn't look a day over 35 than for them to say, you know, she says she's 35, but she looks at least 40 to me. <laughs> I love that. My, All right. My grandfather told me that when I was 18 and I just kind of thought she was crazy. But the older I get, the more I think, yeah, that's pretty that's good. What advice. I've been doing. I've yeah. been lying about my age. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what about what about professional advice? The best professional advice I got, I got from a man named Don Ham, who was 80 at the time he gave it to me and had been practicing law since before I was born. It was in one of the I was in a little executive suite when I was first in private practice and um, I was running around and I was like, oh my gosh, I have more work to do than I can possibly get done. And he said, then you need to double your fee. And I said, I can't, I can't do that. Nobody's going to pay twice what my normal fee is. And he said, I, I said, if I did that, I'd lose half my clients. And he said, yes, you would double your fee and you'll lose half your clients. And I just, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And throughout my career, every time I've gotten just more work than I can possibly do where I'm having to tell people I, I can't take new cases, but you just double your upfront fee and you, you get to yep. where you can actually do the work. Yeah. The, the work is never ending. Right. Yeah. I love that. Adjust your fees accordingly. Mm -hmm. All right, Ethan, you get the last word. What's your best piece of advice? Uh, I would say 
you know, because in law school, you know, they could get really busy and you feel like you're drowning in it sometimes. And it was always just always work hard and try to, you know, achieve everything you can, but always to make sure and take care of your mental health, you know, always make sure you're doing that because if you don't take care of that, then you can't do anything else, anything else effectively. So it was always just make sure you're taking care of yourself personally so you can be the best you are professionally. So, yep. Yep, it works for law students and lawyers. Amazingly, Mm -hmm. eight to nine hours of sleep, eat a healthy diet, get a little exercise, and a lot of the rest of life will take care of itself. That's right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But that's way harder than it sounds. For sure. Right? Okay, well, this has been another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. For Mr. Harris, I'm Andrew Decker. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on uh, Twitter. You can find us on the web. What? Twitter, really? Yes, we. I think we have 21 followers now. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, I guess you can find us there. You can, and you can find more about the fellowship program um, at papdmac dot org, and we'll have that on the show notes for you yep. guys. So, if you have uh, a suggestion, obviously we do pay attention to who reaches out to us to be on the show or ask questions of the show. Uh, reach out to us. In the meantime, take care of yourself and take care of each other. We'll talk to you soon.